Well, once again, good morning, all. I, um, I just real quick before we jump in, we're singing that song, uh, Christ is My Firm Foundation. And I, I realize for everybody, that is not the truth. Uh, that you, as you're singing that song, you can acknowledge, I have not built my house on Jesus. And I just want to give you an encouragement that if you're still breathing, there's time to move. Uh, like, there's always time to move. Just because you built something on shaky foundation and on ground that it doesn't belong on doesn't mean you have to stay in that house you built. You can always move to firm foundations. I just want to encourage you, if you were singing that this morning and realizing that's not me, then make it you. Um, so that's that for the moment. We're going to jump back into that more in a second, I think. Um, all right, Romans. Uh, we're in Romans this morning and for the foreseeable future. We're going to take a break in December. We're going to take a break in February. But as I mentioned, Romans is what we're going to keep coming back to. Uh, and I'm very excited about this. Um, so we're going to start with reading Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. Big chunk of scripture. A lot of weeks, there's going to be big chunks. Um, and I think it's going to be uh, life-giving to us. Um, so we'll have it up on the screen, or you can turn your Bible. Uh, if you have a Bible and you'd want to know where Romans is, it's about there. Um, page 1687 in your giant print Bible, because I'm blind as a bat. Um, if not, it'll be on the screen, or you can flip in your little book. Uh, also, we're, we're calling this, this first series, these first four chapters, By Faith. Uh, and it looks like a tattoo for two reasons. One, I love tattoos. Two, um, it's something that we really want to get marked on us, like this idea of by faith. That what we're approaching, what we're reading, what we're examining, we, we accept, we receive, and we walk in by faith. Um, so these first four chapters are going to be by faith. So here we go. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called as an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through the prophets and the holy scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was a descendant of David according to the flesh and was appointed to be the powerful son of God according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the Gentiles, including you who were also called by Jesus Christ. To all you who are in Rome, loved by God, called as saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of the news of your faith is being reported in all of the world. God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit, telling the good news about his son that I constantly mention you, always asking in my prayers that if it's somehow God's will, I may at, least, at last succeed in coming to you. For I want very much to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Now, I don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I often planned to come to you, but was prevented until now, in order that I might have a fruitful ministry among you, just as I have had among the rest of the Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you who are also in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, 
the righteous will live by faith. The word of the Lord. So how we landed on Romans was because um, I'd been praying what we were going to, you know, what, God, what's on your heart for us as we wrap up the last 15 weeks? What, what's on your heart for us as we move forward? And I initially was thinking about a lot of the, um, the hymns in the Bible, the early Christian uh, hymns and songs that they would sing, and they're, they're written more like poetry. And so as I kept studying that, I kept coming back to the ones that I found in Romans. And I'm like, well, if I'm just going to end up talking about 15 different things from Romans, let's just go through the book. Uh, and there's three good reasons for that, is why we would study Romans. Number one is because uh, Romans touches nearly every Christian doctrine. Almost everything we believe as Christians is, is, is touched in the book of Romans, almost everything. Martin Luther, the German reformer, said Romans is really the chief part of the New Testament and the very purest gospel. Almost everything we can have questions about is, is touched to some degree in this book of Romans. Number two is because Romans helps build and develop our understanding of how to interact with others. And we're going to touch more on this in just a moment here. But Romans helps us build and develop our relationships with other people. And number three, well, Romans is just fun. Uh, it's just, it's a fun book. Like, because there's so much in it, and because the Paul, like, just lays things out so clearly in this book. It's just fun. So as we mentioned, Romans is, it helps build our understanding of how to interact with others. And why is this? Well, it's part of the reason Paul wrote the letter to begin with. So what had happened was, we have to remember, uh, Christianity didn't start as Christianity. It started as a sect in Judaism called the Way. So it was Jews who believed that Jesus was the Way. He was the fulfillment of all of the prophecies they had been looking for. Everything they had been hoping for, they found its fulfillment in Jesus. And the Jews who believed that were called part of the way. And so they trusted Jesus, and they followed Jesus, and they got together, and they were still Jews who now followed the Messiah. And so there was a large group of them in Rome. And so what happened was at some point, uh, the, the emperor kicked the Jews out of Rome. He said, you got to go. He doesn't want them there anymore. He was tired of their shenanigans, told them to go. Well, as we talked about two weeks ago, Gentiles were now included in the faith. So what you had in Rome was predominantly Jewish people who believed in Jesus and this little group of Gentiles who also believed. Well, then the Jews get kicked out of Rome. They're gone. Now, this was their church, right? They, 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 they picked the carpets. They picked the songs. They decided what kind of communion wafers they were going to use. They did all of it. It was all theirs, right? And then they have to go. They're gone. Now the Gentiles are, are trying to figure out how to do this. How do we do this thing called church? What does this look like? I mean, we're not Jewish people. We know that. And, and the people who have come to us, who have talked to us, have been real clear that we don't have to be Jewish. So how do we do church? And so they started doing a church a certain way for 12 years. And then the Jewish people come back. And they're like, this isn't what you do. Right? Think about this. Like, we, God-fearing Texans, have to leave. We're gone. And for 12 years, Journey Church has no Texans. Sad. Brad, I love your shirt. It's the only time you'll hear me say go Rams. Uh, it's, it's okay. We're, we're all part of the body. Um, so we have to go. And what happens is a small group of, of believers from the Middle East come in, and they start attending Journey Church. 
And they start redecorating. And they start doing things. And they love Jesus. And they're following Jesus. But they're trying to figure out, what does it look like for us to be Journey Church as Middle East Christians? And then 12 years later, we come back. You know what we're going to have? Tension. Lots of tension. That is part of the reason Paul is writing this book in the first place. is so that these two groups of people would understand, as Romans 12, 9 says, let love be without hypocrisy, detest evil, cling to what is good, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters, and take the honor in leading one another. That's what we're supposed to understand. That is a, a key theme, an element in the book of Romans. The church is God's, and we're part of that body. That's a, that's a key theme. Now, with that, there are some other key themes and theological terms that are really important as we read this book. And I don't want us to be scared of words like theology or anything else, because these are just ways we define certain things. And these are very important concepts that we see in the book of Romans. There's three things particularly that I see repeated over and over in the book of Romans. And these aren't things that are abstract, um, weird things that, oh, that's just a church thing. No, I believe with 100% certainty that when we understand these three things and understand how we see them play out in the book of Romans, we'll also see that we see them play out in our daily lives. So the first is faith. Faith, as Hebrews 11.1 1 says, is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Faith is not some abstract, weird, just church kind of thing. Faith Believe it or not, you do things by faith every single day. Faith is what you use as your lens to decide what you will do all of the time. By faith, we decide who we will marry. By faith, we so often decide if we'll have kids and how many kids we have. By faith, we decide sometimes, um, here's an example. By faith, I made dinner on Monday night. Right? Two reasons. One, because I wanted to be good. So Jesus, help me make dinner. Two, no, I made dinner. Not her. She's, she's a great cook. I made dinner. She was at work. I made dinner. But by faith, I made dinner, believe it or not. And by faith, when you make dinner, for, when you make dinner for your family, you're making dinner by faith. Why? Because you are expecting that your family will be home to eat dinner. You're doing it by faith. We don't understand that sometimes. We, we think faith is just this other thing. But uh, faith is to take something as and then walk that out. It's to say, I believe this thing to be true, so I'm going to act as if it is true. By faith, we get gas. Right? By faith, we, we, we do all sorts of things. Faith is not something that is reserved for the religious circle. Faith is the reality of what we believe. We do things by faith and in faith all the time. Faith is simply believing something to be true and then acting on that belief. See, sometimes people will say, I don't have enough faith to believe in God. Well, then you place your faith in something else. Faith is what we're doing all of the time. Faith is how we walk and exist and move in the world around us. Faith is what we do all the time. The book of Romans talks a lot about faith and what we do by faith. As it said in uh, 117 there, by faith is how the righteous live. And the righteous, 
Righteousness is God's rightness, but it's also our standing before him. See, God is right all of the time. All of the time, he's right. Our righteousness comes from Christ. We stand before God as right because of what Christ has done. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.30 tells us that, that Christ is our righteousness. Righteousness is just being right. But it, it's, it's tough, too, because, again, these are not abstract concepts that have no bearing on our day-to-day lives. Because when we know that we stand right before God, we know that we can stand right on the earth. Like if I know I stand before my father in heaven and he sees me as, as clean and as pure and as, as, as a son and I know that I can stand in confidence before him and that there's nothing in between us, then I can stand in confidence anywhere else on this earth. That's righteousness. Righteousness is a, is a tough one though. Because while the doctrine of of righteousness by faith sets the ground and is in a framework for everything we do, to really understand righteousness is difficult. Because it's not something we're used to seeing in our broken world. So sometimes definition by negation is helpful. So cheating on your taxes, stealing, uh, cutting corners at work, lying, fudging the numbers, things that no one else would see, these are unrighteous activities. Righteousness is doing what is right, even when the opposite could be done and nobody would know the difference. Another reason why God is right. Because he sees us as right based on what Christ did for us. That's his righteousness. In the Bible, it tells us that when we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. That's righteousness. He said, Jesus, if you do this, I will forgive these people. So when when we sin and then we come and we say, Jesus, I'm sorry, I trust you for the forgiveness of my sins, God is just, he is right in forgiving us. The third term is justification. This is a big one. Now, I think most of us know Justified, the TV show. I haven't seen it. No, Timothy Chalamet? I don't know. Timothy Chalamet, it's a good show, isn't it? Yeah, Grace says, no, that's different. Um, Justification is a big word that we don't use very often. But here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean just as as if I never sinned. That's sometimes what people like to boil justification down to. It means that just as if I never sinned. But that's not what it means. It means to correct what was wrong. Right? So justification is standing before God, knowing that you're a sinner, knowing that you deserve punishment, knowing that you have failed, knowing that you broke the commandments, that you have a heart that is turned to your own ways and not towards God, and then knowing that because of Jesus, you can stand before God right. That's justification. It's saying you are guilty, but the penalty has been paid. There's a quote from Martin Luther. It's one of my favorite quotes. Um, And I've used it so often when I feel like I just need to, to push away what the enemy's trying to do to me. He says, so when the devil throws your sins in your face and declares that you deserve death and hell, tell him this. I admit that I deserve death and hell. What of it? For I know one who suffered and made satisfaction on my behalf. His name is Jesus Christ, son of God. And where he is, 
there I will be also. That is justification. Justification isn't saying, oh, no, I'm, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. Justification is saying, I'm guilty. I did it, and I'd do it again. But thankfully, by God's grace, I'm forgiven. When we understand that, especially justification, when we understand what that means and how we can stand before God completely justified, it changes the way we interact with other people. We'll talk about this probably at some other point too, but one of my favorite things to to remind myself and other people of is that we judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. We do it all the time. But instead, if we understand that we're justified before God, then we can let others go. We can, we can provide grace. We can provide mercy. We can forgive when we need to forgive. Justification sets us free. So that's the introduction. Jump in here now. Uh, I want us to, with a little bit of time we have left, talk about Romans uh, chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. They say, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The word of the Lord. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed. And I I think there's only two ways that, that I can at least think of that you would be ashamed of the gospel. Number one is because you don't understand how bad sin is. And number two is because you don't understand how holy God is. Okay, so we're just going to clear the air real quick. Sin, bad. Okay, there we go. There's your sermon in a nutshell. Sin is bad. Don't do it. No cookie. Right? It's, It's bad. But it's bad because it separates us from God, who is holy. God is holy, like holy, holy, holy. Like that's why when we read in Revelation and we see the angels surrounding him, that's all they can seem to get out of their system is holy, holy, holy. What does it mean to be holy? It means that God is completely separate and unique. There is none like him. Like there's nothing like God. And so this is going to be a poor example I wasn't sure if I was going to do it, but I'm going to. So God is completely pure and holy and separate. Fire is hot, right? You can agree with that. It doesn't make it bad. This flame is not bad, and hopefully it doesn't fall down. If it does, tell Melina I said I'm sorry, and I won't be here on Tuesday. Melina's still trying to clean up the rest of the fire. Um, Fire's not bad. But if we think of fire like holiness, it's distinct. It's separate. It is what it is. And anything that is not pure will be burnt up by it. Anything that I try to bring to this fire to say, this is how I'll approach the fire. I'm going to approach fire on my terms. I'm going to do what I want. The fire will burn it. Again, that doesn't make the fire bad. It makes the fire holy, unique, special. So there are certain ways I can approach the fire. 
And if I approach it in the way I'm supposed to, then I receive the benefits of it. But if I try to do it on my own, I get burnt up. God is holy. He's special. He's unique. Sin separates us from him. That's why sin is bad. It's not bad because God's mad at you. It's bad because he wants to be in relationship with you. And so he provides a way for us to come to him. So I can with Paul boldly say, I'm not ashamed. I feel no shame when I talk about that. All I'm talking about is how I want you and me and everyone and those who we don't know yet to have a relationship with God. I'm not ashamed. Verse 17 talks a lot about salvation. These two verses specifically talk a lot about what salvation is. And, and, and salvation, we're talking about sin. And the problem we seem to have is that when we talk about sin, all of a sudden we think salvation is, is being saved from sin. And it's that. It's that in the same way that being married means you're not single anymore. Right? It's that in the same way as, as having money in the bank means you're not broke. It is. But it's so much more. Like if I only thought of being married as not being single, what kind of relationship would I have with my wife? It would be weak. If I only thought of, 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 of having money as not being broke, how would I live? In constant fear and worry and everything else. Salvation is salvation from sin, but it's so much more. And I think if we can get a mindset change and change the way we think, we'll understand that salvation is not just salvation from sin, but it's to something. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 tell us, He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. God has rescued us from darkness to light. It, it, it's, 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 oh, it's so beautiful. Like if we would really let that sink deep down in our souls that when God says, I've saved you, he's not just saying, okay, I saved you, now just sit down and shut up. Like just try not to get in any more trouble, would you? Like if, if you could just, please, just for a week, Michael. God calls me Michael all the time. Michael, for a week, could you just please stop messing up? That's all I want for you. No, no, no. Instead, when he says, I've saved you, you're my child. You're mine. I love you. I'm now empowering you with my spirit. I'm calling you to great things. I'm asking you to get in trouble. Go get in trouble for the kingdom of heaven. Go cause a ruckus so that the enemy flees. That's what he's asking us to do, is understand that we've been saved from something to something, and I tell people all the time, if I'm doing counseling or anything else, don't don't run from sin, okay? Don't run from pain. Don't run from trouble. Don't run from fear. Run to Jesus. It's a very different thing. If I run from addiction, if I run from, from sin, if I run from fear, and I'm just running from that, I can end up anywhere. April and I were talking this week, so often, so many of us run with our eyes in the rearview mirror. What are we running from? Oh, I'm running from that. 
got to get away from that. I got to get away from that. I got to get away from that. I, no, Jesus says that a worker is not worth their wages if they keep looking back. Put your hands to the plow and look forward. We run to Jesus. Oh, and how glorious it is. Again, if I'm running from whatever it is, if you've got addiction and you're running from addiction, you're going to run into something else because you didn't change at all. If you're struggling with, I don't even care, pick, I, I, I'm always hesitant to throw examples out because then somebody can be like, well, that's not the one I do. Oh, that's not my problem. So I'm asking by the Holy Spirit that he lets you know whatever your thing is. And then don't run from it. Run to Jesus. And when you run to Jesus, you find yourself in love. You find yourself in hope. You find that, yes, you're not in that sin anymore because you're now in something so much greater. And it's beautiful. And so, again, this is a little bit different of a message because really we're setting up the next umpteen weeks. It's going to be a long journey. It's going to be marvelous. But that's what I want us to understand. Faith, righteousness, justification, these are things that we use and understand and put into practice on a daily basis. Our understanding of them determines how we do so much in life. I can't tell you how many times I have not bought a car, for example, because of faith. I didn't have the faith to make the car payment. Right? I, I, how often, my wife's laughing because she knows, uh, I've been at the dealership, ready to sign, and I'm like, hmm, I just don't have the faith for this. The car salesman's like, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, well, seeing as I'm the one buying the car, everything. We use faith all the time. Righteousness, knowing that we stand before God rightly, is so important. And justification, knowing that, yes, we were guilty, and now we can live as if we weren't. And that we're saved from something, absolutely. And we're going to talk more about this uh, in the coming weeks. But we're saved to something that's so much greater. So we're going to do uh, two things that are a little bit different. One, um, are the kids in here? Okay, good. Oh, there you are. I can't see nothing. I apologize, guys. Okay, I'm going to invite the band and the Kemp's up because um, I want the Kemp's to share a little bit. And then we're going to have a time of response. And we'll invite the prayer team up at that time, so don't come up yet. Um, but I think everybody knows the Kemp's. If you don't, this is the Kemp's. Say hi. It's Brittany and Jeremy. <laughs> I need to find you a microphone. Look, Julie found me. Uh, they're up here for two reasons. One, they're fantastic, and he's got a great haircut. Um, <laughs> it's good. That's it a word from the Lord. Uh, <laughs> Two, because a lot of you know, uh, their son Dalton had an accident uh, a couple weeks back, uh, and they would like to share uh, about what God has done. Appreciate that, Mike. Um, we first off want to thank everybody that prayed for us. Um, like I said, Dalton was going to come up here and uh, pray for all the Thanksgiving that you guys gave, but I will do it because I am that guy. Um, so plan changed. Um, but I really do want to start out with uh, how much church family – uh, for you guys that aren't part of the family yet, uh, what Journey Church means to me and my wife and the testimonies that we're sharing today. Um, when this happened, we were really scared, um, weren't sure what to think. Um, when they medevaced your son from 
here to Lubbock on a helicopter and they say, you can't go, you got to drive. All the fear and everything that just, um, you know, that you succumb to um, is life-altering in itself. But the reverse side of that is all the prayers that you guys sent up and um, some of my church family calling and saying, hey, we're going to go feed your dogs on the other side, uh, Gina and Jason. Uh, you know, uh, Julie, hey, anything you need, we're there. Um, you know, I, 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 there are so many of you guys I can't name, but I really do want to tell you, it is overwhelming, the support and my drive that direction. I sent my wife first. My wife's going to wait with Dalton. She's going to, you know, get down there. She's going to meet him, and then I was going to drive. I beat the helicopter. <laughs> Insurance claims. No, I'm just kidding. <coughs> Anyways, so now we can't lie to those guys. No, it's all in the show. Uh, but as I was going that way, I heard from uh, so many of you guys, and I was going to run, you know, 200 down there, I guarantee it. And just seeing some of you guys and your prayers, there was just this really good peace and calm that, that came over me. And it said, you know what? Your family's got you. We're praying for you. There's no reason for it. Slow down. You don't need to be the next thing. And from that point, probably about 10 on, I really don't remember much about the drive. But I do remember my phone didn't stop. And I wasn't going to pick it up to look at it. This was the one time I actually was going to obey the law and not look at my phone. Figure that out. But the whole way there, didn't look at it. Got there in the parking lot, opened it up. And there's this guy named Shane. And Shane and Lucy, if you don't know those guys, coming in now, some of the most amazing people to ever meet. Um, they're the uh, pastor to uh, the, the youth, uh, the teens, I should say. And sure enough, Shane's like, I'm coming. I'm not asking you, I'm telling you I'm coming. And I wanted to say, no, don't worry about coming, man. We don't, we're, I don't want you to have to take that drive. We don't even know it's there. But I didn't even say that. I just kind of forgot about it. I'm like, ah, I need to get up to the ring. So I forgot about it. I really did. We get up there. They're getting kind of comfortable. They're, you know, moving him from. I'm going to tell you this really quick. I'm sorry. I got to totally backtrack to this. I hate to bounce around, but this sweater. My wife says, she dresses me. She puts this on me this morning, and I go, and she said, yes, you're wearing it. I'm like, she says, wear it. We get all the way here, and she's convincing me how great this looks, and Dalton tells me I look like Drew from Despicable Me. <laughs> this is why church family is better. You'll lie to me. No, I'm just kidding. So I had to tell you that really quick because I don't even, you know, I'm never holding the mic close enough. I don't dress myself. I do what I'm told. I'm a good husband. No. <laughs> Sorry, I had to spin off just for a second. So with that said, Shane shows up, and I mean, I, I already had the calm in me, and I could see it in his face. He's like, man, we're here. Anything you need, Journey Church has your back. And I can't tell you what that did for me for the next seven days in that hospital. I knew I had it. Mike called several times, hey, man, I'm going to come up. I mean, everybody just, you could feel the calm. There was no storm. There was no, all my fear just went away. It really was amazing what church family and prayer does. And, I mean, I was on bended knees from the time I got in that car. But to really feel the journey, journey church presence and, and, their, and their prayers and, and what that means, 
I've never been more calm in a more emergency situation in my life. And I served in the United States Navy on, on board an aircraft carrier working the flight deck. So I can tell you I've been in some pretty chaotic places. This was probably the most chaotic thing I've ever witnessed, and I wasn't here yet. So all the thanks and praise to you guys. Dalton made it up, and looks pretty good. I mean, he's never going to be this good looking, but <laughs> the copy's never as good as the original. He needs original. a new haircut. Yes, he does need a new haircut. Anyway, so if, you, if you'll bow your head with me, Dalton's going to lift you guys up in Thanksgiving, and we just we want to pray to you guys, and thank you so much, Journey Church family, for loving us like y'all did, like y'all do. And if you haven't found a church home yet, I can witness and testify this is one of the, the greatest. I can't thank you guys enough. So thank you so much. And Dalton will pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning in complete thanks, Lord. I thank you for this amazing community, and it's more of a family than anything, Lord. I thank you for this amazing group of people around me, and I thank you for all the support I've had for the past four weeks. Lord, I thank you for this beautiful sunrise that you have blessed us with, and I just pray that we can take advantage of the opportunities that you have put in front of us, Lord. I pray that we can continue to be the light for those in the darkness and those who need it the most, Lord. I pray that we can each go out today and positively impact somebody's life, Lord. I pray that we can continue to just show people your ways, Lord. We can continue to show others your love. Lord, I pray that you can guide us through this week and help us continue to be who you need us to be for those who are maybe just in trouble or just need to hear your words, Lord. I pray that tomorrow is just as beautiful as today was, Lord, and pray that just today goes great, Lord. And it is in your son's name I pray. So that, that right there is the difference. I'm going to repeat that. That's the difference between, between not having faith and having faith. That's the difference. This, this moment, this thing being able to testify is what it means also to understand that you're not just saved like, from sin. You're not just saved from brokenness. You're, you're saved to something. And this is why we do what we do. This is why we, we do the outreaches that we have. This is why we're, we're sharing Christ with our neighbors and our friends and our family. Because this happens so often in the world. And, and God brings family around to lift up. So I want to encourage you this morning. We're going to have a time of response. Uh, the prayer team can come forward. We're going to have a time of response. And you can respond. You can respond by giving. You can respond to worship. You can respond by prayer. But also, if you've never taken that moment, to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Accept me. Or if you've only ever walked in just a forgiveness of sins, but not understanding that you get to walk into something greater, then this is a moment for you as well. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this word. We thank you for the Kemp family and all that you've done, the testimony of your faithfulness to speak through their lives. Lord, in a, in, a, in, a, in a moment like that, in, in, a, in a time of tragedy and, and, and struggle like that, there's, there's the fear of what's happening to you when you're the one going through it, and then the fear that, that, that can come against you when you're watching the, the one you love never leave. But to know that you moved in that moment is a testimony of who you are, Jesus, and a testimony of how you move. It is a testimony that you are faithful, that you are good, that you are present in all situations. 
Jesus, for anyone who is in this room who has not taken the moment, who has not taken the, the time to just come to you in faith and say, Jesus, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner, save me. I'm going to pray you move in their heart right now. And Lord Jesus, if there are any who, who, and we all do it to some degree, who are not walking, knowing that they're walking as a son or a daughter in your kingdom, in spirit and in power and in truth and the goodness of what you have, instead of just thinking that they're saved from something, let them know that they're saved to something greater. Jesus, we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. Amen. Have a seat. Uh, again, we're going to have a time of response. And um, I, I just want to encourage you, I'm going to be up front too. If you want to pray and you feel like today is a day where you need to make a declaration, uh, then come up front and receive prayer with